just so y'all know, please, um, you can fast forward all of my episodes um, to about five minutes in just because that is my intro music. Um, since usually this is a video podcast, um, I have a countdown of five minutes. So please do if you need to.
Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. It is Wednesday. And just to let you know, my name is Eric Velasquez, and I'm interviewing candidates for the city of San Antonio 2021 elections. And early voting starts, if you look down below, on April 20, April 19th and ends on April 27th. Election day is May 1st. <clears throat> and coincidentally, uh, registered a to end the register to vote is the last day is april 1st and i promise you it's not an april fool's joke so um go register if you haven't done so already um because you want to make sure you are registered to vote to vote in these elections so um and you also want to make sure your registration is good too so always check that every every time um just to make sure so <laughs> without further ado let's go ahead and bring our, our next guest hey judith how are you hi morning morning um anybody who is on instagram facebook youtube twitch um you can ask a question directly to the candidates directly uh just by typing in the comments um instagram same thing as well with facebook um you can actually jump into the conversation as well if you would like to ask a question directly um and i'll share that link down below you basically click on the link and you'll be able to jump in and ask a question directly to Judith as well. Okay, and this goes with any other um, any other candidate as well when we have these interviews. So, um, <clears throat> hi, how are you? Good morning, Judith. Good morning. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Uh, so, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody. Uh, so, my name is actually pronounced Hudit. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Hudit Vega, and I'm a candidate for SAISD uh, District 3 Board Elections. And um, I am an alumni and a parent of SAISD. I went to Brackenridge High School and graduated in 1996. And I, um, my kids have attended and attend um, Bonham Academy and Advanced Learning Academy. I'm also a public health professional, so I've worked over 17 years very deeply in neighborhoods and communities in San Antonio, um, particularly in the inner city. And um, I'm also a community organizer and activist. So I am running because, you know, during the pandemic, I've really seen, you know, kind of the need that our students and families have, um, the great need in terms of, you know, housing and, um, food insecurity and things like that. That's very much the work that I do on my day to day. And um, I, you know, I think the district has done a good job, but I think the district could do a lot more um, in terms of democratic decision-making, really listening to, you know, what students and families and community members are going through before they make decisions that affect our lives. So. Right. <clears throat> yeah, and there seems to be a big disconnect. I mean, we've talked to a couple of candidates and, you know, some of the, well, I, and one of them seemed like everything was okay and that, that, you know, and granted it wasn't directly for your district, but, you know, for the district itself, you know, do you think there's a big disconnect between the, the city school board members and, and the, the community itself? I think so. You know, I, um, I see a lot of uh, rhetoric around equity and, you know, and it's, it's kind of empty rhetoric because what I, what I keep seeing as a community member is just very top-down decision-making, um, decision-making that favors, you know, a few at the cost of many. And I just think that, you know, our city has just gone through the, you know, we are a, 
working class city and our city and the residents of our city have gone through so much this year. Um, we really need um, elected officials that that are embedded in the community and really understand our needs and really are listening um, and not listening to developers, not listening to, you know, private consultants from out of state are not ready and willing to privatize our schools, privatize our housing um, and privatize all of our public assets because I think that, you know, that doesn't serve us as a community, especially for the most vulnerable. But, you know, according to some, the, there's so many accolades uh, that the district is is having. So what can you say to rebuttal that? So, you know, I think they've got this A through F um, grading system for schools. And the narrative has been that the schools were failing before new leadership came in. And because of choice and because of these special partnerships that the schools have had, you know, our district has you know, greatly improved. And, you know, I'm a, since I'm a product of SASC, I have seen that, you know, we've been here and we were successful before. We, you know, when I graduated in 1996, a lot of my peers went to Ivy League schools. I went to NYU. Um, you know, that success has always been there. But I, we, I would really like to see our success measured, you know, our student success and student academic achievement measured in a most, more holistic way, because right now their grading system is almost entirely based upon standardized testing. Hold on. I'm a bad boy. Us, brother. <laughs> I have my kids at home. Oh, me um, too. <laughs> so, I mean, being a mother of, of you know, four children, my oldest is 18. He just graduated last year. He's off in college in Shanghai, in China. Nice. And, you know, I really, I really feel that, you know, academic achievement, like that's wonderful. But if you do not meet the basic needs of children and families during a global emergency, then, um, you know, that's all. It doesn't matter. Like we're not going to achieve academically if if we if the majority of our students are suffering. And you know, I'm not saying that the district has not done anything because they have. My children have attended choice schools, so my family has benefited from it. But I have also seen because my family is has been a mixed status immigrant family, and because I am the mother of a child with a learning disability, that this one size fits all for achievement and success. Um, doesn't work for all students and doesn't work for all families and for the most vulnerable students i i would i would say that a lot of times maybe they're kind of left out of the equation yeah definitely um you know that's one of the things that somebody had brought up is is the school board seems to be trying to take credit for what the teachers are doing um do you have that same sentiment as well very much so i mean my my son's my fifth graders teacher during this year have been spectacular they have been so supportive and um you know he has a learning disability and so like we have to work very hard sometimes and his teachers hard, have worked so hard and i just see that families are working hard educators are working hard and this disconnected district leadership is taking credit for that hmm. So what would you like to see done if you do get elected? Well, you know, I am part of a larger slate of candidates um, and we are backed by the Senatorial Alliance and other, you know, grassroots organizations. And we have, you know, we have a platform 
And along the lines of those of that platform that we have, um, which I don't know if you can share the link to it, but yeah, the, um, um, what is what's the link? Oh, I'm sorry, I don't have it with me. Oh, you can just <laughs> type. Can just right after. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, that's fine. But that platform really resonated with me personally because you know one of the what you know one of the things is you know adopting community the community schools model um which is a model that you know promotes democratically run campuses that you know don't just provide what the community you know the community decides wait community decides what what they what they want and what they need mm -hmm. um and so that's not just about like social services mental health services um it could be a community garden it really helps the community also, the broader community, take um, ownership of the school campus as well. And so then the school is embedded in the community. And I think if something like this um, had been in place in SAISD in a real and authentic way before the pandemic hit, we would have fared much better. You know, I have a public health background and there's a lot of evidence that shows that neighborhoods that are connected and organized um, very much better during cases of emergency. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I, I want to make sure, can you, can you explain to everybody what the school board does specifically that, that, and why it's so important to, to make sure we're electing the right people for these positions? So the school board makes um, decisions for the school district in terms of, you know, budgeting and, um, bring, you know, some programmatic things or partnerships that the school district has. Right now, the school district has a lot of um, partnerships with different charter organizations and different um, organizations that, you know, are basically handing over that control to the school camp of the school campuses to those um, specific partnerships. And so this is another way that the school district is kind of like really pushing control and their leadership. Um, and they would say that these partnerships bring in, you know, extra funding or innovation, but at what cost? Because, you know, in the case of Stewart Elementary, which is, you know, really close to where I live, um, you're giving, you're handing over a part of, you're handing over the school leadership to an organization that's like in New York. And there are people coming in from the outside that don't understand our community, that don't know our children. And, you know, I think that having a school district, having school district leadership that is part of a broader connection to families and communities is more important because you listen to your constituency and you make decisions based upon the needs of the direct needs of your students. Yeah, and so brings me. And sorry about that. I had to fix Elsa's shoe. Um, <laughs> uh, um, so with that, I mean, I don't know. Like there, there seems to be, like you were saying, there's that disconnect, right? So, um, what are some things that you would like to get done that that the current school board isn't isn't getting done right now? Okay. Um, like I said. I think the community schools model would be really important um, to try to implement across all schools. I think also the choice and innovation, you know, has has 
you know, benefited some of our schools and not the other of our of our neighborhood schools. And so I think that as a school board member, I would re-examine that and bring more um, more equity into you know what how how the different campuses are funded and also kind of take a look, a deeper look at some of these partnerships that we have at certain choice schools. Um, I think there needs to be more transparency too in the way that these um, partnerships are funded because at this point there really isn't very much. Um, right. I, you know, and then there's kind of a, there's a movement towards almost like, it, it has seemed almost like our schools are being gentrified so choice schools have been, you know, very innovative choice schools have, have been more in, um, you know, gentrifying neighborhoods. And we have brought in students from outside of our district. So we're taking away funding from other school districts by bringing in, you know, students from the north side. And, you know, this is, this is like this concentration of like kind of pandering to newcomers um, in our gentrifying neighborhoods is like, well, you know, they're going to move to this neighborhood, they need a good school. While our, you know, some of our neighborhood schools, they have, you know, take more of a militarized approach. Like instead of having like an innovative choice school there, they bring in someone like Democracy Prep um, who have like a very like regimented and militarized view of educating you know, poor and brown, poor black and brown students of color. And so I think I would bring, I would try to bring parity between, you know, the different, the budgeting of the different schools. So um, do you think it'll be hard to, to be able to get some of the other school members to see that perspective as well? Or, I mean, obviously if you, if all four of you, right, <laughs> when, you know, that'll be a little bit easier for you, but, um, is that the whole goal is to, to get all four of you in there to hopefully kind of overturn some of the, the, the things that have been happening? Uh, yes, I, yes, that is the goal. But the other <laughs> thing is I would say that if any of us were, any of the four of us were elected, we would really push for the school board to have, like I said, more transparency, but also um, really, kind of engage civic civic discourse more and civic engagement and that hasn't happened anymore mm. you know any if you criticize any of their decisions they just shut it down mm. this is not the way that democratically school run schools work right. we should be able to have discussion and discourse um, people should be able to have public comment at board meetings and that is no longer the case and so you know i think that my um, experience in terms of, I worked for a long, you know, for many years for the city and my, my experience with civic engagement is that when you really civically engage people and you help them understand that their voice matters in the decisions that are made on their behalf, that you cannot make decisions without their voice, um, then that kind of increases civic engagement and it increases accountability because at the heart of it, when you are, you know, shutting down any kind of discussion about any of your decisions that are made in a vacuum, very much top down, you're shutting down civic engagement. And, you know, I question that. We should all question that. So I think the more you have people who are civically engaged, the more parents are involved, the more students speak up about their lived experience, the more community members speak up and care about the schools in their community, the more you will, um, you'll hold 
you should hold us accountable. You should right. hold your officials accountable. Right. And 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 yes, for <laughs> sure. And and that's that's the reason why I'm doing these specifically as well, because nobody is is interviewing you guys like in this capacity, right? Um, because it's just the here, fill out a questionnaire and kind of, you know, here and there. But um, it's so important to learn more about the school board and more about your positions and, and what you plan to bring to that. Uh, and and we've seen definitely a different couple of sides to some of the candidates, you know. And so, um, you know, definitely, I, I think it's important and make sure everybody stays engaged with these things. So, uh Brianna says, uh, "Hey, who did, um, my questions? My question is, how will your experience in history as a community organizer and activist position you to work for better working conditions for SEISD employees and better learning conditions for students?" Okay, um, you know, I am. I um, how should I say this? I feel that our our leadership, our board leadership, has not been, you know, has not really gone to gone to bat for us as a community and as for workers, school workers either. And I, my experience as a community organizer and being in spaces where, you know, when I worked in government, I really kind of questioned the way things were and tried to change the way that we interacted and engaged the community. Um, and I have a long track record of that. So I feel like my experience is perfect for this because I feel like our school district leadership doesn't they don't fight for us and we need them to fight for us. You know, any any decisions that come down from the state, they just kind of like go along with it. And, you know, having an activist school board would really be, um, would really, would really help us fight for better working conditions for our school workers and teachers, for better conditions for our students. I mean, it's crazy that our students are being asked, some, you know, our students are being called to come in you know, remote students come in and take the the star test and not, you know, our district is not being transparent with parents that, you know, it's not really, you can opt out of that. It's not necessary, except for some, you know, people in high school. Um, and as far as fighting for workers, um, I feel like I've always fought in any space that I've been in to hire people from the community because I understand that the decisions that the decisions that are made within any institutions should be centering the people who are most affected. And so, um, I, you know, I'm backed by the San Antonio Alliance, and I am very proud of that. I come from a union family in Laredo, Texas, and I'm proud of the history of my family. But I know that, you know, the, that is another, being an organizer, that also helps you understand that, like, you're part of a greater whole. Um, you're not out there by yourself, as, as, you know, as a single person making decisions. You are making decisions for many because you are organized. And when you are organized, you win, usually. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and just to, um, uh, hold on real quick. Uh, so Instagram, you don't hear anything? Oh, Okay. Okay, this guy scared me a little bit. <laughs> um, okay, so I just wanted to share this screen here. Um, in case y'all don't know where this district is, uh, let me move this here. Um, so we're going to look at this map. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> of course, yeah. I, you know, yeah, I there's always, been a lot of confusion about that because people <laughs> assume that the school district 
you know, districts are the same as the city ones. And they're oh, not. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. Um, okay, so so it starts from this is uh, Highway 90 right mm -hmm. here. Um, if you can see this little line that's top at the top here. And then this is what is that Flores or what is no that, that is uh it's um I'm sorry New Braunfels so all the way down New Braunfels all the way to South Cross and then kind of across thirty five no across, across thirty five and it's basically like uh, I think that's Presa all the way down yeah. so mm -hmm. this right here guys if you can see this is thirty five right here and then this is. Yeah, that's 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 Bresta right here, um, and then it's so weird. <laughs> yeah, so it's weird. very strange. And then to the east, it kind of goes down. Um, it goes all the way to I think that's Roland and or Pecan Valley. Yeah, yeah Pecan I Valley. I'm continually having to look at this map. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then what? Did, yeah, this is Utopia Lane right here, and then um, it doesn't look like there's a street here. It's just a border, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but it goes all the way down to down uh, past four ten. Yeah, four ten and Shane Road. So um, you guys can pull it off of the uh, the uh, web page here. Hold on, let me see. You go back to it again. So you just type in SEISD school board elections, and you click on school board elections, and then you click on district maps, and then you go to any of the districts where we were talking about District Three right now. So that's the uh, the district there. So well, it's lo slowly loading up, but yeah, you get the you get the point. <laughs> um, so. So, yeah, so what are some of the things that – oh, the biggest question that I have is why is there such a interest from, like, construction companies in these races? Like, um, Zachary. <laughs> That's, a, good question. Like that. That's yeah. a very good question. So, I mean, I think it's – one of the reasons that I decided to run, um, really there were, like, two main reasons – the pandemic was so completely traumatizing for me and my, you know, my, my family was separated because of immigration during the pandemic and it was really very difficult. Um, and I just saw this disconnect. And the other one is because I am a housing, a housing justice activist, you know, advocate and activist. And I have known for a few years that some of our board members, some of our current board members have um, ties to real estate developers. And uh, one of them is even employed by a real estate developer in a very high position. And so that really made me very angry because I felt like I have felt for a few years that that's a conflict of interest. And so, um, you know, I think in terms of being our central urban district in San Antonio, the, the property values and the property holdings that the district holds are going up and are of great interest to you know developers that's just the fact you know, and, and quick and quick question um somebody said say their names <laughs> on instagram so go ahead and say i mean it's that's the person that was in my district before who has decided not to run um 
the and then I think others I'm not quite sure of, but I know the person for sure that is in my district. So and, and you can look if you go to that web page that I I was showing you guys um, as far as what their campaign finance reports. You could look at everybody's campaign finance reports, school board, city council, mayoral, so on and so forth. Um, and you could look at their campaign finance reports and find out where this money is coming from and where it's going. Um, you can also see, uh, I think their last reporting period is, you guys are, are pretty much almost, your end of your reporting period is almost over, right? For this part. So, You'll have to, they'll have to all do one here soon, and then those will come out here shortly, probably like in the next two weeks or so. So you can start seeing more and more of where this money is coming from. So, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Yeah, and it's just, you know, I think, you know, it's well, it's unfair because you have corporations that are benefiting, um, are benefiting from our from school district decisions, especially around land use, um, who are very interested in these races. Because I, you know, you you kind of see that in city council too, and even with our former mayor, like they're very pro develop. Our city is very pro developer and very pro development. And when people leave elected office, where do they go? <laughs> you know, you that's very it's it's a very open secret. You know, so mm -hmm. I, you know, being born and raised in Highland Park, and I see the gentrification around me. Um, I'm getting like calls constantly about selling my home. I'm living in the home that I grew up in. Um, it's just, I think it's been a conflict of interest. It, you know, property of the district has been sold to developers as well for not a fair price. And, you know, I think we need more transparency in, in all of that. Um, right. I, I also, I'm assuming, and I would like to investigate this further, but I'm assuming that, you know, some of our school campuses that have closed, um, you know, why, where are they? What are the property, you know, values around those school campuses? So, you know, I think and, you do and a little digging, it will be hard to find what you're oh, looking for. Right, right. Well, that's the thing is, you know, you start looking and digging in deep, you're going to start finding some things and... <laughs> <laughs> that's really the whole point also like I, I really want to start highlighting some of these things not to not to get people in trouble but look we need to hold people accountable right exactly. so i mean that's that's really ultimately at the end of the day we need to make sure we're doing that and let me show everybody where i'm going to show you <laughs> you go to campaign finance reports and you can do this with seis with any school board um you can do this and you can just Click on any of these. Uh, January 2021 will be the, the oh, soonest one. And you can find basically all of the semi-annual reports here. Um, so they should all be here. Um, there's sure only Why there's only um, these. Do you know why there's only these? Who did? I'm sorry, excuse me? Do you know why there's only these here? Um, it doesn't look like... The, the uh, other people that are running are on here. No, because we haven't filed yet. Um, we oh. filed in April. So oh, okay, gotcha. All right. That is, that's kind of why. So this is from January. We're, okay. we're filing in April. Also keep in mind that people can donate to your campaign as an individual and mm -hmm. don't have to disclose where they work. So remember that <laughs> which is yeah that's kind of that's kind of weird. Um but uh okay, so sorry, let's see here. Um, Katie says, <laughs> "Oh, she has kids." <laughs> um, and then 
Clifford says, as a public health activist, do you feel that the current board's response to the pandemic has prioritized community and worker safety? Um, I think on the surface, you know, the, the PR part, yes, they have. Um, but I just know from talking, you know, my own experience as a parent and also in talking to different educators in different campuses and different school staff in different campuses, um, I think that it hasn't been, safety has not been enforced equally across all campuses. And then also um, I was, I felt pretty upset that as a parent, um, you know, because one of my children has a learning disability, they, they see me as high risk, you know, my student is high risk at risk of learning loss. And so I've been being, I've been pressured a lot to bring my, my child, my children back. Um, and I think that's really taking kind of a deficit view of our children and our families to say, oh, these kids will be fine with remote learning. And these kids, well, they obviously don't have any resources at home. So, you know, they need to be pressured to come back at the expense of their safety and of their health. And I have also not brought my children back um, because because I have another child that has a you know kind of an illness and is high risk. So mm -hmm. I don't want any of my kids getting sick. Yeah, definitely. Um, I and, do. <laughs> you, you know, and, and that was one of the big things last year is is the internet divide and how kids did not have any internet and. Um, I know that's something when I was running as well as what I was trying to get people to say, look, there is an internet shortage and nobody was listening. And then finally, all of a sudden they started like, oh, wait, we need internet. So I'm like, really? Come on, guys. Like, it's, <laughs> you guys I think are, we've done a good job in terms of like providing devices one to one. Right. Um, but I do know that there's still issues around internet access because mm -hmm. you know they'll give you like I know for us we were having trouble with our internet access and then they gave us a hotspot and then it didn't work and then I got a new one and it never worked and so you hear stories of like kids going to parking lots um, to do their homework right to get the internet access so I know that that has not been it hasn't been completely full right and I'm sure too with with accessing you know electronics and 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 being tech savvy right a lot of times it could be the person that that's trying to access it they don't know what to do and because i've worked in like the it field too and it's like well you get all these calls and it's like well i don't know what to do blah blah, blah. like and it's something simple like well just sign in you know it's mm -hmm. but i'm sure there was a lot of that too that people didn't know how to do it and you know so it's definitely a big thing um one of the uh, one of the nisd candidates had said that and, and, and i don't know if this is true or not but sisd can they hire family members like as far as if you're on the school board can, can you hire um like family members as part of a like a contract because they were saying that i don't believe so because they were saying that sisd doesn't have you know I mean, that is, that's clearly nepotism, and I mean, in most in most institutions, that that is not yeah not allowable. Okay, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, maybe why she said, that, but well, that's know, something was, to look into for sure. Yeah, I mean, because uh, you know, if you if you looked at what happened with Harlandale, right? I know Harlandale's still under investigation, and then um, South Southside or South Sand, which one was it? South Sand or Southside is slowly starting to regain their school board um, trustees 
Uh, and if y'all haven't heard about this, it's it's a uh, which one was it? Was it Southside or South Sand that lost their that uh, that T South Sand wasn't it? South Sand that they came over and basically took over the 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 Texas Texas came over and took over the school board because there was a lot of issues um, with uh, what was it. Uh, conflict of interest and things like that that was happening with the school board so they just kicked everybody out <laughs> and took over government control with it so um do you do you hope that uh do you see saisd going in that direction like something happens like that um or do you think saisd has been pretty good at at keeping everything their their checks and balances with everything um you know, I'm not I'm not aware of the family situation that you're mentioning, but um, for me, like it has been very unethical the whole you know direct relationship to real estate developers. Um, I actually like I actually saw a meeting. There was a community meeting in my neighborhood about a development, a property that was sold to this developer, and our school board district. Um, member came and kind of was like trying to be an intermediary as being an employee of the company of the corporation and also saying i am your i am your district board member and to me that was like completely unethical that happened a couple years ago you know there were hundreds of people there so there are witnesses um but nobody was questioning that and I think, you know, since in San Antonio, especially like in our lower income areas, we've had so many scandals in terms of district, you know, district leadership not being across the board and not being, you know, ethical, really. Like I, I just as a lifelong inner city resident, we deserve better. Like, why can't we have nice things? We need a school <laughs> that is completely ethical, completely across the board, that is transparent about their decisions, that discloses any like monetary or you know financial benefit that they have either now or in the future about their decision because that's not there well and, and you know if you look at the campaign finance reports you mean some of it is there right but some people don't know where to look at or don't question it so um do you well, think it's that's an issue? also hard because i would say you know having worked as a community organizer for so long like our 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 folks are, you know, right now during the pandemic, folks are suffering, but like, it's always a struggle. You know, you're struggling to meet, to make ends meet. You're working several, you know, working two jobs. You're a single parent, like trying to get food on the table, trying to keep your kids out of trouble. Like there, most people, that's like the least of their, yeah. you know, they don't care. And so people come and elected officials come and take take advantage of that, right? They take advantage of people's, you know, that people are living their lives, that people are, you know, living in poverty is very, it takes up the majority of your time, right? It takes up a lot of energy. So you don't have time, um, a lot of times to, to know all of these things are going on. So I'm really happy to be part of you know, a larger group of activists and organizers in San Antonio that really question and help people know, like, did you know this is going on? Because once people know, um, they do take action. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, it says, it seems like the current school board is more interested in working for developers who are pushing out families that have been living in these neighborhoods for generations, many of whom are probably SISD families and employees. Um, yeah. And, and you know what kind of struck me odd? I, I had an interview and they were saying that, you know, if you want to live in a nice place, you're going to have you're going to have to pay more. And it it didn't. I didn't agree with that <laughs> because they're saying that you have to pay higher property taxes. I get it, but you also have to make sure that these companies or these corporations aren't getting tax breaks like they yeah. are getting. So they are getting tax breaks on our dime. They are right. money away from our school district. Yeah. And, and and you can and everybody you can look that up in bcad.org, bcad.org. You can look and see um, just by doing a property search of what properties are getting, how much, how much, how much properties are t paying in taxes, property taxes, and you you'll see some of these businesses are not paying any taxes, like none whatsoever. Um, so it, it's kind of weird, you know. I'm, I mean, and obviously we don't know what the what the what has happened or what has been you know put in place for those situations, but. You know, we really have to start looking at these and holding everybody accountable for, you know, whether it's city council or school board or mayor or whatever it is. Um, so uh, let's see here. Were there any questions on here? Okay. Um, uh, have you received any donations or endorsements from any groups? And so which groups? Um, just the San Antonio Alliance at this point, um, we may get some other labor, labor, um, endorsements. Um, but yeah, that's, that's it at this point. I haven't really, it's been like, I'll be honest, like I've been, it's just been a lot working full time, having kids at home and campaigning. So, um, I'm sure like a few more endorsements will come, gotcha. but I would say actually, I didn't. I don't know if I mentioned it enough, but our platform that we're running on with the Alliance is actually endorsed by several organizations. So SA stands, uh, the Esperanza Peace and Justice Center. Um, hold on, a whole bunch. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'll share it with, and maybe you can share it. Um, but we're part of something larger, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, so as far as the, the school board, and just so that way people could know, um, can you support a board decision that you did not vote in favor uh, for? You mean like if they want to vote on something that I don't support? No, like one. Um, well, yeah, yeah. If, if it's something that, that you did not vote in favor for, uh, is this something that you could still support because you feel like they will be in the best interest? Or are you going to like, you know, kicking, <laughs> kicking, screaming, you know, as far as like, hey, look, we need to change it. <laughs> uh, no, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I, I think that if you're part of a board, like that's also supposed to be like a democracy, right? So if you lose, you can't, yeah. it's not that you're losing because you're part of this larger body, but I would hope that, I mean, my hope is that if we increase civic engagement and we increase organizing and we have more activism um, in board members, then that will kind of help turn the tide a bit in, you know, collective decision making in the board. But yeah, no, I wouldn't, 
I think that's very unprofessional to be like, no, yeah, definitely. That is, if you are asking for civic discourse, then you also have to you have to provide that yourself, right? Mm. So otherwise, that's hypocritical. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, there was one question I wanted to ask for sure. Oh, um, so the biggest one, star testing. Um, you know, some people have said that yes, we can do something to, to fight back the star testing, so on and so forth. So, and a lot of other ones are saying no, we can't do anything. Our hands are tied. Um, where do you fall on that spectrum? Um, I think we can do something because I've seen it's already been done. You know, earlier earlier in the year, they were saying, you know, even remote learners will have to come and take star tests, you know, the star test. And um, a lot of parents across the state and a lot of, you know, organizations across the state kind of fought against that and they changed course. So, um, I, like I said, I'm a strong, strong believer in organizing and in civic engagement. And so... I know that anything can be changed if more people, especially the people that are mostly directly in, in, you know, directly affected by any decision, if they speak up in droves, things change. Because at the heart of it, I mean, our elected officials, and not even our elected officials, our public officials, you know, people who work for government, they are working for us. And so this, sometimes they forget, right? So if you bring people out and you, you know, bring people out in droves and you're organized, people have to remember because their jobs are at stake. We are paying them. Right. So what is what are your sentiments towards the star test? Um, yeah, you know, I've heard different stories, and I just want to know what what you feel and and what you're hearing from your community as well. So for me, the star test has not, you know, I've always because I also have a background in equity, like in health equity, like I've always understood that standardized testing doesn't really like play in favor of you know poor students and students of color, and you know. I, I really never gave it much importance. I didn't think that it really adequately portrayed, um, measured any learning, um, because what I've seen over many years is it's just, you know, you practice taking the test and then you're kind of gaming the test and so then you're improving on that. I have not liked the all of the attention and so much attention just paid towards standardized testing. Um, I, my oldest son, was really good at standardized testing, but he said it was like a game. Um, my other kids, maybe not so much, but I think, um, like, I don't think it's really a, a measure of, of learning or a measure of anything of progress. So I, I don't really, <laughs> and then for other people, I think a lot of people just feel the same way. Like they don't really, they, they don't agree with the increase in, you know, just attention on that. It is dehumanizing, especially to think about standardized testing during a global pandemic. Like, we're trying to survive here, you know, and you're pushing this. Like, this is, it's just, it's yeah. its not, it's not right. So what, what would you like to see take, take its place? Or what have you seen that has worked? If it has anything, if it has anything has worked. You know, actually, I have not um, 
really researched that, but I think that kind of just the way that it used to be, like when, you know, when we were growing up, like, yeah, maybe we took a standardized test like once a year or something, like just a, or maybe not. I don't, I don't really remember because I also went to Catholic, I went to both Catholic and private schools. But um, I think there are just other ways of assessing teachers, especially, and assessing learners. Um, there's just, there just has to be another way. Yeah. Is there, are, are teachers getting, um, are teachers getting, uh, I don't know how to say it, like getting pressured to make sure that they pass students that shouldn't be passed? And if so, can, can the school board change anything with that? Or is it just something that, that's something that's said by the state and it's kind of at their whim? So, I mean, I do know that teachers have tremendous pressure to get students to pass the STAR test. Um, and like there's even cases I think of like retakes and, you know, they, I believe this, the teachers are graded upon like how many, how well their students do on that. Um, it is a state level decision, like so. I'm not really sure. I think I would have to kind of look into that. I can, if the school district just said no across the board, we are not participating in this. Um, if that would really make a difference, I, I'm my assumption is that if it's the only school board that did that in Texas, it would probably suffer financially in terms of finances from the state. But I think that. Um, if there, if there were many, you know, it's like, it's conscientious objection, right? If many, many students pressured their school district, I mean, students and parents pressured their school districts to just stop it altogether, I think we would have to re-examine that. But I mean, we are in a political um, landscape in Texas where I'm not really sure if that is possible. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that our school district could measure success in other ways beyond just the start test. Like like what? I think in terms of like improvement, I think in terms of, you know, just like how well they know a subject based upon what was taught um, in the classroom. I think that also like life experience is important. I think we've also been criticized because like we are not, our platform is maybe not focused as much on academic achievement or it would appear to be so, but I think academic achievement is broader, you know, much, much broader than that standard, than the STAR test. Right. Um, there's so many other experiences that people have that make them, you know, curious about the world around them, you know? Right, well, and-, and there's, there's I think we should be, we should be um, trying to push our, you know, trying to foster lifelong, a love of lifelong learning in our children. Right. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's a lot of entities where or times where we have we're pushing people we're pushing kids to go to college or go to the military, mm -hmm. but nothing else. Um, is there anything that the school board can do to change those type of things to where we have, you know, um, maybe some some trades to come into the school or is that being done already or no? I think there's a movement away from that. I know when I was in high school in the early nineties, there were there were a lot of trade schools and you know in in I mean there's like trades in our schools. So at Brackenridge there were and at Fox Tech, many of our high school campuses had those um 
those. And now I think there's like moving, they're moving away from that. And um, I think it's good. I mean, I think, I think it would be good to bring some of that back because I don't think, you know, I went to college. Um, my oldest is going to college, but I do know that that's not for everyone, you know, and that doesn't make you any less of a, less of a person, you know, my husband didn't go to college, you know, actually when I think about, um, my husband is an electrician. And so when I think about, and he makes more money than I do, you know, <laughs> and so, you know, there's that, he's always yeah, yeah. that, and he is an immigrant. And when I think about like this false narrative too, about like learning loss, I mean, my husband is just one person, but he grew up in El Salvador, 12 years of a civil war during his whole, you know, childhood basically. Um, and he's resilient and he's really smart and he didn't go to college, but he's an immigrant and he's resilient and he's strong and he makes way more money than I do. And so um, I think there's something to be said, like that's people's lived experience, right? So there's other, there's just other ways of being and it's really good. It's all good, right? right. And and so I, I hate this whole narrative of like, it's a deficit thing because you grew up, because <laughs> you grew up near, you know, on the east side or the south side, like you yeah. cannot, it's not true. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, I, I agree. Cause I hate, I hated college. Oh, I don't know. I hate college. Cause I don't want to ever do that. <laughs> I would never want to do that. And I never did. Uh, but I did go to the military. So oh, but, yeah. And so, but you know, I've, I've done a lot of good for myself and I went, I was a jet engine mechanic. So, you know, and I, I did make a lot of money. So, but the thing is, is that, yeah, I mean, we have to explore all these different avenues for kids, like like esports, right? And, you know, as as we were growing up, we would have our parents say, "Oh, don't be playing video games; you're gonna end up stupid," or whatever it is. I don't know, whatever people <laughs> talk. But now they have esports, you know, and they're actually building the esports studio over, um, I think, off of Port San Antonio. Um, so it's gonna be e gaming, you know, uh, video gaming. And just different things like that, that we can start innovating and teaching kids that we can do different things, not just have to worry about going to college that you're going to get a degree and that you're not going to use because you don't like it after your second year going in, <laughs> you know? And I think we should ask students themselves because I've had actually a lot of conversations with my oldest student. You know, my oldest student is, he goes, he goes to NYU Shanghai and he's a freshman, right? And it's a very, very hard school to get into. It's like 2% of applicants or something ridiculous like that. And he's like, it was dumb, all the standardized testing. Like he thinks it was ridiculous. He thinks it's a game that he had to play in order to get where he wanted. He's not gonna be an electrician like his dad, but he's gonna be an electrical engineer, right? So it's still kind of, and he's, he wants to come home during the summers and like work with his dad and be as an assistant right so i think all kids are different and we shouldn't limit what we think should happen without asking them right like what do you want to do it does you don't have to go to college or you can if you want to you know yeah but really should we should base our decisions on what they say to us yeah and and i mean if you look at the standardized right standardized really to me it means a one-size-fits-all approach and that's uh that's not who we are <laughs> so um well do you is there any are there any last things that you want to say that you want to that we didn't maybe get to touch on that you would like to kind of reiterate or, or talk about um before we, before we end? um no i can't think of any right now 
Okay. Much. <laughs> um, so how can people get a hold of you, donate, volunteer, everything? Um, so I can I can share it right after with you and you can put it up. But um yeah, I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Um I have my donation page up. Um yeah, just just know that I I will fight for us because I have always fought for us and I just, yeah, thank you so much. And thank you for letting people know about this because um, what we would have noticed like going door to door is some people are just really unaware of school board elections, that they're even happening or that, you know, why are they even important? And I think it's wonderful that you have given us so much time to all of the candidates, so much time to, to kind of talk about it. Of course. And, and also, I mean, again, this is open for every single person every single candidate um we're not you know i think i have i've already almost go, i'm going to do almost your 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 slate of uh, candidates the the four of you guys um but uh if i haven't we haven't done an interview yet uh, for the other candidates please um i did reach out to you guys uh but please reach out to me back um or message me because I, I want to make sure that this is all open. This is nothing. Um, this is supposed to be a open forum, um, unbiased. So we're interviewing everybody, and just to get some some real questions and things like that. So um, yeah, definitely make sure we we keep following this. And um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, when I ran last year, I noticed a lot of people when I was running for Texas House, people were thinking that I was running for for city council. It was the same as city council, and I was like, wow. You know, there there's a lot of misunderstandings with the, and especially if we look at the districts, right? We look at the districts and how they are completely different. So we have to make sure we we push this information to as many people as we can, so that way we can people can get a hold of what's going on in their backyard, uh, not just in the uh, presidential election and things like that. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> well, thank you for for coming on. Um, thank you everybody for watching, and also if if. For all the viewers, if you would also like to donate for, for this live stream as well, my cash app is on the bottom. Um, uh, I am doing this by myself on my own time. So uh, if you would also like to contribute, please do so. If you would also like to contribute to, to Hudita's uh, uh, campaign as well, please do so. Reach out to her. We'll be posting. She'll, you'll post the, in the comments, right? Yes. After this is done. Okay. Um, so she'll post it on the comments when we're done and then. And do go from there and message messenger and reach out and ask some more questions as well. Okay, so thank, thank you guys you. For, for reaching out and, and watching and thank you for for um, sitting down and talking with us. Okay, thank you. Um, all right. Well, you have a great day. Thank you, everybody. Stay Bye. safe.